Do you ever really want to say something, but you get filled with doubt and let the moment or the opportunity pass by? In this episode, I'm talking with Mary Sheen about how to speak up fiercely and femininely. She has gone from being shy and introverted to being a TEDx speaker and a speaking coach. Hi, I'm Jody Flynn, and welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast. I'm an executive leadership coach, author, speaker, workshop facilitator, and I have the joy to work with women leaders who want to hone the skills they'll need to thrive in senior leadership. When I'm talking with another woman with tendencies towards perfection and people-pleasing, there's a true connection because I share those tendencies. I get excited because I know I can support this woman to continue to be really powerful without having to work so relentlessly. With a little bit of coaching, she can get more done and less time. Originally from Massachusetts, I've been living in Maine for the past 18 years, and thanks to the beauty of technology, I've been able to work with women all over the world. If you have a device and Wi-Fi, we can work together. I do individual coaching as well as workshops and team retreats. I'm currently in the process of taking my coaching system and turning it into an online course for those who prefer a do-it-yourself model of learning. And I spend my free time catching up with friends and family, planning my next trip to visit my boyfriend who lives in Virginia, working out and watching the Great British Baking Show. All right, let's get to this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I am Jody Flynn, and I am here with Mary Sheen. She is a TEDx speaker, MBA, and transformational public speaking trainer and coach who has trained over 15,000 people in 30 cities internationally. Mary is the 2009 World Champion of Public Speaking first runner-up out of 25,000 contestants from 14 countries and is also the best-selling author of the book, Present Yourself in Public Speaking, Tell Your Inner Critic to Shut Up and the Real You to Speak Up. Mary is proof that transformation is possible as she began her career as a self-conscious, introverted computer programmer. And two fun facts about Mary is that she also holds a karate black belt rank and plays the ukulele. I love how you are diverse <laughs> and holistic. M Mary, that's just a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to today. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jody, for having me. I'm so excited to be on today and share my um, points of views with your listeners. Well, um, really, what I'm out to do, even though in, even reading the bio, you said I'm a public speaker, trainer, and coach, and that's primarily what I do. But really, 95% of my clients are women. So what I really do is to help them get out of their own way so that they can really achieve what they want, right? When, by the way, your listeners who have never met me, you may have noticed I have an accent, mm -hmm. and that's because <laughs> I grew up in Australia. I was born in Hong Kong, and when I was seven years old, I moved to Sydney, Australia with my family, and that's where I grew up. But as you said, I 
started my career as an introverted computer programmer. So I know I've been through the journey of what it's like to not be able to fully express myself, like even though I have thoughts to share, not having that confidence to be able to share what it is that I want to say in that moment. And I did start um, working in the corporate world. And so there'd be times when I'd be in meetings and there'd be a one hour meeting, 90 minute meeting where I wouldn't say a word. Wow. And then coming out of it, uh, wishing that I had more nerve to add something or, you know, interject something where I would just be quiet. So I got to this point where I just got sick of feeling bad about myself because I would come out of those meetings understanding that I should have said this, I should have said that, but I was getting in my own way. And so really that's what I help my clients do is to really be aware of that little negative voice that's in their head and then knowing how to navigate that so that their true self, as I say in the title of my book, their real self is able to shine through and be able to speak it out loud so that you can shine your true light into the world (laughs) and we can benefit from that. The people listening to you can benefit from that. That's amazing. And I think especially when, you know, when it's just a group of women in a room now, that can happen pretty typically with me because of the work I do is focused on women and I'm involved in women's organizations. Yes, there might be a man here and there, but for the most part, I'm in a lot of meetings where it's just women. And so even in those situations, sometimes there can be some like, should I say this? Should I speak up? Is it going to add value? That sort of thing. But I think especially when we're in mixed gendered rooms or in rooms where, uh, how do I say this? We're in a room with people who have more authority than we do. They're at a higher level of leadership than we are. We can become even more constrained around what we can say, or I'll even say it this way, allowing ourselves Mm -hmm. to speak up and be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the work you do with women, like how do you work with them to encourage them to feel more comfortable and confident in those situations to Mm -hmm. speak up and be heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's it's also a very common situation that my clients share with me. So you're absolutely right. It, it's not about whether you have something to share. It's about um, the the layer of editing that happens in between, right? That invisible, right. what I call the invisible wall between you and the people that are listening to you. So before I even dive into that, let me just context it by saying when people hear the term public speaking, they usually think of somebody, you know, behind a lectern and have a PowerPoint in the background, maybe on a big stage at a conference. And what I like to say is that is certainly a form of public speaking, but there are many, many forms of speaking, right? Just like you said, in a meeting. So, for example, um, a recent client of mine, she works in the corporate world and she's a brain scientist <laughs> and she knows her in- material inside out, back to front, right? Her subject matter expertise is, is through the roof, just like your clients. She's very over, you know, overachiever, you know, with a lot of credibility behind her name. But when it came to sharing her findings and sharing her um, knowledge with her group of peers, including the uppers and the upper, her boss and bosses, boss, bosses, boss, there was something holding her back, right? There was this intimidation, quote unquote, intimidation factor, right? So the work that I do with my clients 
it's really about um, not necessarily about the mechanics of speaking, even though that's a component of it. It's only half the component. The other half is all about your relation, your internal relationship to yourself, and then what's getting in the way of that. So, for example, if we were to be quiet for a couple of seconds, even as we are speaking, we don't even have to be quiet. Have you ever noticed that there's this internal incessant chatter that happens in your head? Mm-hmm. Commentating, evaluating, criticizing, judging, you know, talking, commentating, all of this stuff that happens. And that is what I call your internal voice. And when you're outside your comfort zone, so the people listening to this, I want you to answer the same question. When you are outside your comfort zone, such as having those quote-unquote superiors in the room sitting there, do you, does your internal voice, are you, is it usually empowering to you or is it perhaps a bit more fearful and a bit more disempowering, mm-hmm. right? So right there, the answer is usually disempowering and there's usually things like what if I stuff up? What if I say something wrong? What if I don't know as much as I, I need? What if they think I'm stupid? What if, what if, what if all these what ifs? What if they know more than me? What if, what if this is too simplistic? What if this is too much information? Right? It goes, I've heard of both, both sides. So it really is about encapsulating and having uh, the people that I work with become more self-aware of that internal critic That's step number one. (laughs) And then step number two is once you're aware of that, what to do with it so that it's no longer holding you back. Because if it's there, then even though no one else can see it or hear it, it's so real to you, then it becomes this impediment between you and your audience, whether it's a one-to-one situation or a one-to-many situation, there's this barrier, Mm -hmm. right? And so really the work that I do with my clients is about understanding what that barrier is and then breaking it down step by step so that they're no longer allowing that to get in the way of them sharing what they're here to do and and really expressing themselves, which we need, whatever it is, your gifts, we all have gifts, we all have unique individual gifts to let your light shine, so to speak. Yeah, and perspectives. And we are of like minds. Like we approach things in a very similar way where we both understand Yes, we could teach the mechanics of something, but if you're not addressing the mindset, you might not get very far. So you could teach someone how to put together a, 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 a talk or a presentation. You can talk about why you want to do it this way and how to, the formula or the um, framework around it, give them tips around doing it. But if they don't have the mindset, for it, they either won't do it, or like you said, they'll get in their own way while they're presenting. They'll be all in their head, judging themselves while they're public speaking. And I think what, with public speaking, that's where people get tripped up is because while they're talking to their audience, they're also talking to themselves and not in a positive way. When if you can, like you said, acknowledge that inner critic and, you know, there are techniques and tools to get it to quiet down. And I think one of the best ways is just focus on your audience, make it about them. You know, that, that chatter starts to quiet down. Now you're having one conversation and it's the one with your audience. There was something else you said in there that was really striking for me. And it was in that (laughs) was a, 
really great examples and pointed to it's about, like a lot of it is about perfectionism because you gave the examples some of your clients have shared well i'm afraid that what i'm going to say is too simplistic and others have shared but i'm afraid what i'm going to say is too complicated right mm-hmm. that speaks to wanting to needing to get it right mm-hmm. you know and part of that is like one you don't know what's needed until you start talking right? Does the room need a more simple explanation or are they ready and prepared for something that's a little more advanced? You don't know that. You're making up it in your head what's needed. And the other thing, the not being willing to make a mistake, to always have to get it right is so debilitating. And so I really appreciate that you're working with your clients to help them overcome that mindset that, like it's, it's stuff you're making up in your head that mm. is getting in your way. Mm, right, right. I always say our number one saboteur is our inner critic, right? So for those of the people listening to this, I want to make sure that they don't get the impression that you can get rid of that inner critic. Okay. <laughs> so the, the trick, I always say this, is to bypass your inner critic, okay? And that requires training, just like if you're running a marathon, right? You don't just show up to the day of the race and say, I'm going to run a marathon. Now there's training that happens before it, right? So strengthening that muscle. So the work that I do with my clients is a lot to do with that, strengthening the muscle of recognizing what the inner critic is and how to bypass it. Um, And then understanding that, uh, that that is a part of the condition, the human condition, right? So have you ever noticed, for example, that actually, let me ask you this question. Have you ever heard that speaking, public speaking is people's number one fear? Yes. You ever heard of that? Yeah. So I right off the bat and I said, that's a myth. It's not public speaking that people are afraid of. Guess what it is? What's that? It's public judgment. Uh, yes. Judgment. Okay. And if we we're going to take that a step further, it's self-judgment because we're only afraid of the things about other people judging us if we are afraid that ultimately that's quote-unquote true, right? So I'll give you an example. When I was in the technology world, when I first came out into the workforce, like you said, I was a computer programmer, and there'd be meetings when I'd be sitting there and people would be talking about the system XYZ and system ABC, and I'm sitting there going, what the heck is system XYZ and ABC? I have no idea. And I want to ask... But my, the, the inner critic goes, don't ask, because what if they, you're supposed to know that already, right? And so I censor myself and not say it, and therefore I'm completely lost. By, by the end of the meeting, I have no idea. Whereas if I just ask the question and then they tell me what it is, then I'm no longer lost, right? So it's things like that of noticing and, and, and really uh, understanding how your own physiology works because it's all part of our physiology, our mind, right? So, and there are many, many different tools and techniques that I use and processes that I bring people through in order to be able to have a strength and muscle around that. A proportion of it too is feeling supported, right? Because probably, I'm sure you can relate to this, have you ever noticed, if you left to your own devices, if you are like completely in your head, you're overthinking, 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 sometimes we can get caught in this downward spiral of, of negative thinking. And before you know it, you've, you've disempowered yourself, right? So it's really about noticing when that happens and then what to do with it afterwards. That's actually what I talk about in my TEDx talk. 
<laughs> which I enjoyed. And we're going to link to in the show notes page for this episode. And Mary, there was something else in um, your collateral that was sent to me that really jumped out at me. And I was like, oh, I definitely want to have a conversation with Mary about this. It was the subject of wake up warrior woman. Tell mm. me about that. Mm, 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 mm. Um, so one of the things that, as you said in the introduction, is I practice martial arts in, in my life, right? And it was through that journey that I started to recognize. And also when I started my business, 95% of my clients are women, right? And what I started noticing, and I'm also a mom, I have a six-year-old, a six-year-old son, right? And what I immediately noticed that there was a shift in the change, shift in my perception um, that started to happen as I started to become um, more skillful in the in the training methods of martial arts. There was a spirit within me, okay, that started to come more and more alive, and it enabled me to understand. Wait a minute, I I thought I was this person and I have had a definition of it but then when I started to the more I practiced the more I realized the um the power within myself and also witnessing it in many of my clients who are women that power within us and what I'd love to do is really harness that power for women and have them like I said really shine their light so that the, the world can benefit so he, here's my um I'm starting to get goosebumps as I say this. One of the things that I'd love to do in, in the work that I do and moving forward is to steer the ship, steer the ship of humanity. And I know this is a big order, right? From head-centric to heart-centered, mm-hmm. right? So being more in the uh, space of um, allowing our, the love in our hearts to create what we have in the world, rather than coming from the headspace and, and then filtering what we create in the world via our heads. Because if we get tripped up, we overthink, we overthink, and then we stop ourselves before we even get a chance to create what we're here to create, right? Mm-hmm. So part of that is to know how to get out of the overthinking mind and then get into the heart space. And women, to answer your question, long answer to your question. Mm-hmm. I love it. In our warriors, and I say that because um, – this is one example, right? There are many examples. Uh, and I shared this in this story in my TEDx talk was when I was learning martial arts, my sensei, my teacher said, said to me when I, after about a year or two of learning, he said, Mary, what I need you to work on is to be more mean. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I said, I'm, I'm mean. I am mean. And he goes, no, you're not mean. Okay, so re- what I really want you to do is focus on that, you know, bring that energy in. If, if God forbid, if you ever get attacked, what who's going to show up for you, right, in that moment? And so the way he had me do that was he said, imagine that your, your son, your little son is behind you and someone's about to hurt him. What are you going to do, right? So in that moment, something came out of me, like a spirit, an energy, a, oh, uh, no, you do not, right? <laughs> that fierceness, that warrior um, energy that of, of love, protection, you know, as women, we are warriors because we want to protect others. We want to keep others that we love um, out of harm's way, right? So that ability and that love that we have in our hearts 
is what I mean by wake up worry when we all have that, but we, in our head, our head gets in the way of us accessing that, right? So my, my vision, my big vision is what if, I, what if I was to help women harness that and have them recognize it and have that come out and we steer the ship, this big ship of humanity more from that angle of like the, the love in our hearts rather than our overthinking head. What would that look like? What would that world look like, right? So I, I feel like that's the trajectory that I'm walking on. That's the path that I'd love to help women wake up to their own warrior um, goddessness. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I am on board. I definitely have a physical side and I can definitely relate to that fierceness, that protectiveness, not even just because something I love is about to be hurt, but I think, and I've, I've already seen this in you, there's a fierceness comes out when we think about our mission and the change that we're trying to create in the world, we can get really passionate and fierce about that. And it's not unfeminine. Like you said, this is an aspect to our femininity. And, and I want to say like all of it, like you can be polished and gentle and professional and all of girly and all of that. And that doesn't take away from the fact that you have a side that will rise up right? And become passionate and fierce, you know, for something, you know, for a cause, for your family, you know, for your children. And so I guess what I want to ask now is, you know, where do you see this? I can start to, I'm starting to imagine different scenarios where this can play out, but like tapping into this, where can women utilize that energy to help them in their careers or in their business uh, so that, you know, they're achieving their goals and getting what they want. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, so coming back to, I think the, 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 the real basis of it is knowing how to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not exempt from it as I grow, as I, you know, expand my own comfort zone the inner critic is there and the discomfort is there as I step into the next level, right? So whatever that level looks like for the people listening, my question to you is what does that next level, right? What is that next level um, that you want to grow into? And it doesn't have to be inside your job. It could be outside of your job. It could be um, whatever it is, the mission you're trying to create, right? What does that look like? And then what is preventing you from doing that, right? Asking that question of yourself and doing what I call self-inquiry, the independent inquiry around what that is that's sabotaging you from going to that next level. For a lot of women, and I've worked with a lot of women, as I said, it's the um, the mindset of, oh, but I'm not ready for that or um, oh, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm an imposter. I don't feel like I belong here. Maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe other people are good. comparing. You know, I call it comparisonitis <laughs> of um, comparing yourself to other people. Others know more than me. So there's this incessant chatter of um, uh, almost like defending your own limitations. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so the the question really has to start. The motivation has to really start from within. And so that is what I would advise people to do. And then 
to see, and everyone's different, right? We all have our unique gifts, but whatever that is to you, how are you getting in your own way? And more often than not, it's not external circumstances. It's your internal uh, perception of what you're capable of, what you, you, you what you can, your ability is, um, which we can train abilities and, and the mechanics we can train, um, but also just in terms of how do you relate to yourself? How are you disempowering yourself in your own way? You know, you talk about fierceness and, and the, uh, I love that you picked up on femininity, right? You said that it doesn't mean that we're not feminine. And what I like to help people do is to expand their range, right? So often, like I, my, me, myself included, in my own journey, like put yourself in this box. So I'm this X, Y, Z, but I'm not A, B, C. But what if you could, like what if you could expand your range so that at any given moment, you can go more to the masculine, you can come back to more of the feminine, right? And still be nurturing and still be um, uh, be able to express that, more, be, be transparent and be vulnerable and, and not be able to, you know, just completely limit yourself to a certain range um, because that in itself, the growth, the, the, the path of mastery, the path of growth is really what I want everyone to be on because I just find that, um, you know, there's, I was saying this to a client the other day, there, there's two, to me, there, there's almost like if we were to simplify it, there's two kinds of discomforts. There's the, the, the discomfort of growth and then there's the discomfort of stagnation, right? If given the, the binary choices, I would choose the discomfort of growth anytime, right? And that's really the, what I'm trying to get at here is like, how can you look into yourself to, um, and then receive the support and invest in yourself, invest in acquiring these skills and new mindsets and investing in the support so that you can grow in, in, in the way that fulfills you, right? Not just, and your spirit and, you know, everything you're here meant to be, um, uh, to create, to evolve rather than um, accidentally being stuck in a particular box that you've been conditioned to think that that's all you have. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And to kind of sum it all up, what I've been hearing is your mission is to have these women, and I know it's like, 95%. There's still men. Men, you are still included. You're still part of this equation. But your mission, especially, is to help women to bring their gifts, speak up. So they're bringing their gifts to the world. They're making the change that they want to make in the world. And you're doing that by helping them to, one, overcome the inner critic. And And actually, I'm going to rephrase it to the way you explained it, train them on how to navigate the inner critic so that they can get around it so it's no longer holding them back. And then also tapping into and harnessing that energy that's already within them so that they can bring that to, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. Like you said, it's not just limited to the work life. It could be other areas. It could be in their communities and their families you know, bringing that change, bringing those gifts um, so that they're having an impact on the world. And I, I think we can both agree on this. For, you know, women have been holding themselves back for too long. And the current state of the world is the consequence that we're dealing with because of that. So having more women feeling um, compelled, you know, like that good discomfort, it is going to be uncomfortable, but you know, and I think you and I can both identify with, like you said, there's the discomfort of growth. You'll take that any day, but there's also this sense that when you're on a mission, you can acknowledge the discomfort, but 
it's not painful. It's just there, you know, but what you're, it, you're more energized by the difference that you're making, the impact that you're having and the change that you're making in the world. Mm. Is there anything you wanted to add to that, Mary? Mm. Was, or was I off? Yeah, um, so one, one thing, um, I, so one of the misconceptions, right, is that I feel in terms of at least my own experience and all of my experiences of my clients is it's okay, like giving, giving yourself permission to be scared, giving yourself permission to experience all those, uh, you know, the down in the emotional roller coaster of life, whatever it is you're trying to create or even in the everydayness of life, like this whole COVID situation, right? Like there's no doubt that there, I'm sure we've had moods where we're like, oh my God, I just can't believe, I, I just want this to be over already, you know, and having those conversations, but then allowing yourself space to be, to have those conversations, allowing yourself space to, to um, uh, not make those thoughts wrong, <laughs> right? Because it does, my experience of feeling scared, it, it's real for people. It's real. You know, it's not like, I don't want to give people the wrong impression, like, oh, everything's going to be hunky-dory if you step outside your comfort zone. No, it's, there are times when you feel like really, really scared. And there are times when you're like, what the heck am I doing here? This is not. But then having another, like the, the, the strength strength of your conviction pull you through and then allowing like in, in those spaces like there's two ways of getting past that right there's the there's the pushing through pushing through which is what i always used to do but that's what i call the masculine energy is pushing 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 until i'm just so tired right um there and then there's the feminine of allowing right allowing those feelings to be there allowing giving it space almost giving it permission giving yourself permission to make mistakes giving yourself permission to to um uh to speak up for yourself and 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 be scared as you do it but doing it anyway you know there's that kind of uh, attitude towards growth um that i would say it's okay if, if, if it doesn't feel uh if it feels scary it's okay that was a mic drop right there. Mary, I am sure there are plenty of women who are listening to you and explaining your process who are thinking, yes, I need some guidance. I need some help with this process and would like to connect with you. So where where is the best place for these women to connect with you? Yeah, so I would recommend um, I have a bypass your inner critic cheat sheet <laughs> that I created. It's a culmination, a summary, if you will of um, the high-level points that I would love people to be able to understand about the inner critic and how to bypass the inner critic. And that you can get at my website, which is magneticpodium.com. Magnetic podium is one word, .com forward slash inner critic summary. So again, that's magneticpodium.com forward slash inner critic summary. Uh, and that's where I would direct people to go to, to start getting into my world. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you who are listening, who are running or in the car, don't worry. You know, you can always find the links that accompany this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Mary's episode will be, um, you can find it at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Mary dash Sheen. And Sheen is spelled C as in cat, H as in Henry, E as in elephant, Y as in yo-yo, 
N is in Nancy, E as in elephant. And um, if you just go to womentakingthelead.com, there's a search bar. You can put Mary's name in at the top and her show notes page will come right up. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And that, that I can't believe that was half an hour. It flew by. <laughs> and before I say goodbye to you, I'd love it if you could help me to do some research on the coaching and training that is most needed right now. I've put together a quick survey, about five to 10 minutes, to gather this information so I can make sure you are getting exactly what you need as a leader right now and in the near future. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash survey to add your voice to this project. Thank you so much for your help. And again, it's womentakingthelead.com forward slash survey to add your voice. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me and here's to your success.